0: Before we look at today's episode, have you subscribed to our paid episodes yet? If no, kindly subscribe if you love the infographics show. I'd like you all to take some few seconds to give us a 5-star rating. Thanks! Switzerland prides itself on being neutral, but how neutral is it really? During World War II, Switzerland didn't outwardly pick a side. This allowed both Jewish and Nazi money to be kept in their vaults. Switzerland has refused to join the European Union since its conception in 1993, but ten years later it joined the United Nations Security Council as a non-permanent member. So what is actually going on with Switzerland? Why is the country willing to join some organizations and not others? How far is Bern willing to go to remain neutral? And what would it take for the nation to pick a side? Before we dive deeper into the key reasons why Switzerland has refused time and time again to join the European Union, let's first take a quick look at what neutrality means to the country, and why it might not be as clear-cut as you might believe. When you think of Switzerland, you probably think of Swiss banks with loose regulations where money and riches can be safe from the authorities and foreign governments. You also probably picture the Swiss Alps, and a beautiful landscape that's been spared from conflict for over a century due to its neutral stance. Oh, and cheese with holes in it. For these reasons, it might appear that Switzerland has remained neutral for so long to spare its lands and people from the ravages of war. However, looks can be deceiving, and the real reason why Switzerland has repeatedly turned down offers to join the EU and certain other international organizations is a little more complicated than what we see on the surface. Let's go back in time and examine one of the most tumultuous periods in European history. This will provide us a foundation for understanding how Swiss neutrality works and the way that the Swiss government makes decisions today. On September 1st, 1939, Adolf Hitler ordered his Nazi army to invade Poland. World War II had begun, and many countries on the continent were forced to choose a side. But not everyone became a part of the Axis or the Allied powers. Switzerland decided it would remain neutral and informed both sides that it was staying out of the conflict. Switzerland and its Red Cross were given permission to repatriate captives, transfer grants in aid, and visit prisoner camps. The city of Geneva also held protective representation for leaders of 35 nations before the war broke out to broker some sort of resolution to the growing tensions. Throughout the war, Switzerland was left largely untouched. However, the fact that they were aiding both sides helped its cause. There is much controversy surrounding Switzerland's neutrality and the dealings it did during World War II. But this is a perfect example of why Switzerland won't join specific organizations like the European Union. What it comes down to is that, like with any nation, Switzerland is going to do what is best for Switzerland. And who can blame them? Switzerland provided assistance to Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. Some of its banks held Jewish money even after the war, until they were forced to pay reparations to Jewish families in 2018. To be fair, in World War II, the vast majority of Swiss citizens sympathized with the Allies and their cause, as they shared a democratic form of government. Watching Adolf Hitler's dictatorship and the Third Reich spread across Europe was likely terrifying for many Swiss people, but the fact that the country remained neutral provided some comfort the Nazi regime promised not to invade Switzerland's borders as long as its neutral stance was maintained. That was unless Hitler conquered the Allies. Then all bets were off, and there would have been little chance that Switzerland would have been spared from Nazi dominance. By remaining neutral, the Red Cross was allowed into territory controlled by both sides of the conflict to help those in need. Swiss neutrality also enabled Max Weibel, a Swiss intelligence official, to mediate a sit-down between an American official named Alan Dulles and German commanders in Italy to negotiate an early surrender that would save thousands of lives. There were pros and cons to remaining neutral in a global conflict. Now the world's more connected while simultaneously being more divided than ever. Swiss neutrality is being pushed to its limits while many countries and Europe are condemning the actions of Bern. Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine has the European Union concern, as this is the first major conflict on the continent in decades. And although most countries in Europe are a part of NATO, meaning they receive support from the world's largest and most powerful military, the United States, Switzerland's continuous refusal to join the EU has baffled many. We'll dive deeper into the history of Swiss neutrality a bit later on, but let's discuss why Switzerland has yet to join the European Union. As you'll find out, it has less to do with remaining neutral than you might think. Number 1. Economics One of the main reasons that Switzerland has consistently refused to join the EU is that it doesn't make a whole lot of economic sense. The Swiss economy is strong and stable. The country's GDP is around 740 billion euros a year, making it the sixth largest economy in Europe. Therefore, there's no real economic benefit to joining the EU. Switzerland already has free trade deals with most of the continent and if it were to join the alliance, it would become one of the net contributors to the European Union. This means they would support countries with weaker economies and would not benefit much from doing so. In an ideal world, nations would help one another whenever they needed it, but that's not the world we live in. People working in Switzerland also earn much higher wages than most parts of Europe. The average Swiss salary is around 6,665 Swiss francs, or 6,971 euros a month. To put this into perspective, Switzerland's neighbor Italy has an average monthly salary of approximately 2,479 euros, meaning that the average wage is almost three times more in Switzerland than Italy. The concern with joining the EU is that it will open Switzerland's borders and economy to wage dumping, where employers begin lowering salaries and undercutting one another because there is an influx of workers looking for jobs who are willing to do the same work for less. The Swiss are also concerned that there would be an influx of immigration into its welfare system as well. The free movement of people and workers throughout the European Union is one of the reasons why many supported Brexit in the UK. It's also why many Swiss citizens don't want their country to join the EU. The influx of new laborers could be detrimental to the Swiss workers. Joining the European Union likely wouldn't cause the Swiss economy to collapse, and an influx of workers could even boost the economy. Still, the fear of outsiders and what it will do to wages and jobs has led to the majority of Swiss people voting against joining the EU. Then there are the regulations that come with joining the European Union. The anonymity and loose regulatory framework that many Swiss banks and financial institutions enjoy would be gone. Countries, businesses, and individuals that keep vast sums of money in Swiss banks would likely no longer feel comfortable doing so and pull their funds to put in financial institutions that operate in countries not associated with strict organizations such as the EU. This obviously would be bad for business and the Swiss economy. Interestingly, the neutrality that Switzerland has maintained by not joining the EU or other alliances has increased its arms sales industry. Some governments do not like buying weapons from countries that are tied to strict alliances. If Switzerland became a part of the EU, its neutrality would be brought into question. When a government purchases arms from a large military power such as the United States, Russia, or China, the weapons often come with strings attached. On the other hand, Switzerland's neutrality allows foreign governments to procure arms without having to worry about taking a side in future conflicts. This is very attractive to some nations and allows Switzerland to sell around 1 billion euros worth of weapons each year. Between 2021 and 2022, Swiss arms deals increased by 29%, showing that demand for their weapons is high. However, joining the European Union could hurt these sales rather than improve them. Number 2. Russia It may seem counterintuitive, but Russia and the continued aggression against Ukraine is actually driving Switzerland away from forming alliances and joining the EU rather than toward it. Many nations have sought to strengthen their alliances in the wake of Russia's aggression. For example, both Finland and Sweden, two countries that remained neutral for decades, applied to join NATO. Finland has become a full member, and Sweden is waiting for one holdout, Turkey, to agree to its admittance into the organization. However, while some countries look to join alliances, Switzerland is heading the other direction. The difference between Switzerland and other neutral countries that are starting to join alliances is its location. Switzerland sits in the middle of the European continent, surrounded by Germany, France, Italy, Austria, and Liechtenstein. Germany and France are two of the strongest militaries in the world. Therefore, if Russia or another foreign threat ever decides to invade Europe or a member of the European Union, Switzerland would be surrounded by some heavy hitters who would serve as a barrier in a potential future conflict. Their landlocked location and neighbors protect the country even as it remains neutral. Sweden and Finland, on the other hand, don't have that same luxury. Finland shares a border of around 1340 kilometers with Russia, and Sweden's massive coastline, which runs along the Baltic Sea, makes it susceptible to Russian naval vessels. There's no overwhelming security benefit for Switzerland if they were to join the European Union. Article 42.7 of the Treaty of Lisbon set up the Mutual Defense Clause, where if one member of the EU is attacked by an aggressor, the rest of the members will come to their aid. This basically negates any form of neutrality of countries that are part of the European Union. This is a massive turnoff for many Swiss policymakers and citizens. We'll discuss why neutrality is so important to Switzerland and the history it's ingrained into the Swiss culture. But for right now, it's important to know that many Swiss policy decisions consider the country's neutral stance ahead of all else. It's interesting to note that Switzerland does have a military and purchases weapons and vehicles from other nations. The Swiss armed forces have just over 100,000 active personnel, around 280 tanks, approximately 134 of which are Leopard 2s, and about 40 fighter aircraft, most being Lockheed Martin F-35s. The Swiss government recently passed a bill to increase military spending from 5.6 billion Swiss francs to 7 billion or 5.86 billion euros to 7.33 billion euros by 2030. This would bring the total military budget above 1% of the country's total GDP. Between 1990 and 2019, Swiss military spending dropped from 1.34% to 0.67% of its GDP. Number 3. Politics. Joining the European Union is inviting to countries that have struggled through tumultuous governments in the past. The EU provides a form of stability in that all nations that are part of the organization must maintain a form of democratic government. This allows populations in the EU countries peace of mind. This is incredibly important for nations that were formerly part of the Soviet bloc or experienced some form of fascism in the past. Switzerland has maintained a stable democratic government for over a century. The trauma that's associated with living under an oppressive regime is long-lasting in a population, but this is not something Switzerland has had to contend with. The Swiss government has stood staunchly neutral in foreign affairs ever since the end of the Napoleonic Wars, when it regained its independence. It's worked so well for so long that the government and Swiss citizens are hesitant to change the diplomatic view of the nation, staying out of the European Union, has given the Swiss government the autonomy to continue doing business as usual, allowing it to do what's best for Switzerland itself. This means the nation can continue to be a neutral ground where countries broker peace deals or conflicts can be discussed. If Switzerland became part of the EU, the autonomy to carry out impartial negotiations would be lost. And since Switzerland prides itself on being a safe space for discussions to occur, the policies of the government must reflect that stance. Switzerland is content with looking inward and bringing its citizens prosperity. The European Union allowed countries like France and Germany to extend their power and influence on a global scale. Bern has little interest in influencing global matters or expanding its control beyond its borders. Instead, by staying out of the European Union, Switzerland has remained autonomous, and it isn't forced to support other nations in the alliance to further foreign interests. At the individual level, the Swiss people hold tightly to their direct democracy. Many fear that joining the European Union would take away some of their political power that they hold today. For example, joining the alliance would restrict particular referendums that would not conform to EU ideals. For the most part, the Swiss do not want to see changes made to their own government, especially when they are dictated by outside forces, such as the European Commission. Therefore, joining the EU is not just unpopular at the government level, but at the individual level in Switzerland as well. When polled on why they don't want to join the EU, the number one concern for most Swiss citizens is that it would jeopardize their nation's sovereignty. This has led to slogans being created against Switzerland joining the EU, such as foreign judges. The people of Switzerland embrace their independence and do not want outside forces interfering with how their country is run and how their lives are lived. The Swiss government has bilateral agreements with almost every nation in the European Union, and these agreements often benefit Switzerland more than the other country. It would make no sense for the government to give up these beneficial deals to join the EU when it's already getting everything it wants while remaining neutral. The status quo favors Switzerland right now, which is why the government, businesses, and people do not want to join the EU. But how did Switzerland get into such a strong position while remaining neutral for so long? and how has the past influenced the decisions being made in the present and the future? For the answers to these questions, we'll need to go back in time and examine how Switzerland got to where it is today. Swiss neutrality and the foundation of many of the diplomatic decisions the country currently makes began in 1648. Like all nations, the borders of Switzerland have changed over time as conflicts arose and ended on the European continent. However. The Peace of Westphalia, which brought an end to the Thirty Years' War, and was agreed upon in 1648, was the first formal declaration of neutrality for Switzerland. Unfortunately, in 1803 the Napoleonic Wars began and regions of Switzerland were once again invaded and held by a foreign ruler until 1815, when the Congress of Vienna re-established the borders of the nation. Ever since then, Switzerland has remained neutral, at least to a certain extent. When Switzerland declared it would be a country of perpetual neutrality going forward at the Congress of Vienna, an agreement was made that the nation would not take part in future conflicts or provide mercenaries to any other country. In return, the nations of Europe promised not to fight any more wars on Swiss land. In 1874, the Swiss constitution was revised to function as a direct democracy by referendum. This meant that the people of Switzerland now had the right to vote on major decisions made in the country instead of having representatives be a proxy for what they wanted. When World War I broke out in 1914, Switzerland vowed to remain neutral. During this time, the Red Cross formed its own units that would aid the wounded throughout the conflict. After the conclusion of the Great War, the Treaty of Versailles once again reaffirmed Switzerland's neutrality. In 1920, Switzerland joined the League of Nations, which meant the government would work closely with other nations in Europe to maintain peace. The headquarters of the League was established in Geneva. However, over the next two decades, peace would fall apart, and Europe would be plunged into a second world war. When the Nazis invaded Poland in 1939, Switzerland's federal council declared the nation would once again remain neutral. This was somewhat true, as Switzerland and its institutions would aid both sides, but would engage in some questionable practices when it came to collecting and storing both Nazi and Jewish money. It has been argued that Switzerland's neutrality during World War II was an act of cowardice that allowed the Swiss government to distance itself from the Nazi atrocities while simultaneously benefiting from laundered German money. Others state that since Switzerland remained neutral, it allowed them to act as a mediator and bring the war to a close. The neutral nature of Switzerland and the ethics of its stance during World War II are still debated by historians. In 1959, Switzerland became one of the founding members of the European Free Trade Association. During this time, its four-party government system was developed, which became known as the magic formula. Having four parties allowed for political stability and the balancing of ideas and ideologies in the government itself, however there were still some difficulties and nationalist views that would arise. Right-wing groups campaigned to restrict the entry of foreign workers, and it wasn't until 1971 that women were given the right to vote in federal elections in Switzerland. It would take another 14 years after that for a referendum to finally pass that guaranteed women legal equality with men within their marriages. The Swiss people were still staunchly neutral during this time, and a referendum in 1986 for Switzerland to join the United Nations was shot down by a margin of 3 to 1. Conservative views around immigration and maintaining the status quo in Switzerland were largely popular at the time. In 1992, Switzerland joined the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund or IMF, but rejected a proposal to join the European Economic Area. This was because joining the EEA would have resulted in more restrictions for Swiss businesses and served no real benefit to the country itself. For many nations, it became clear Switzerland was cherry-picking which organizations to join and deals to make in order to further its economic aspirations. The Swiss government had no intentions of becoming closer to the rest of Europe to create a more unified political, economic, and military organization. During the 1990s, there was a shift in the country to hold the Swiss government accountable and make reparations for past actions. In 1994, a referendum passed that made racial discrimination and the denial of the Holocaust illegal. The Swiss Banking Association was later pressured by activist and Jewish groups in 1998 to give back around 1.25 billion euros to Holocaust survivors and their families. This led to a settlement being paid out to those people for cash that had been continuously held in Swiss banks since World War II instead of being returned to Jewish families. By the turn of the century, things began to change in Switzerland. A 1999 election saw more right-wing votes for the Swiss People's Party. This conservative group became Switzerland's second-strongest political party by securing around a quarter of the populace's votes. And even though the Swiss people rejected a proposal to open talks about joining the European Union in 2001, the Swiss parliament overwhelmingly voted to join the United Nations as the UN was a peacekeeping organization. When the vote to join the UN was put to referendum, it passed with only a slight majority, as many Swiss citizens believed that it would entangle their country in foreign affairs and jeopardize the nation's long-standing neutrality. Even still, Switzerland ended up joining the United Nations the following year. In 2003, the right-wing Swiss People's Party became the most represented political party in parliament. It won close to 28% of the votes in the general election. That December, the Swiss People's Party gained a second post in the seven-seat government while the Christian Democrats lost one, altering the magic formula that's kept Swiss politics stable since 1959. With the right-wing political group now more prominent in the government, naturalization laws became more strict. By 2006, voters in a national referendum supported plans to make Switzerland's asylum laws some of the toughest in the Western world. In the 2007 elections, the Swiss People's Party increased its standing when it received nearly 29% of the vote. Up until this point, the Swiss government, which increased support for the right-wing Swiss People's Party, had made decisions that kept Switzerland away from policies that could bring the nation's neutrality into question. However, in January 2009, the Swiss economy went into recession. The government announced it would relax some of its banking secrecy laws and cooperate with international investigations concerning tax evasion. By the following year, the Swiss economy was growing again. In 2011, it was decided by the government that the Swiss franc would be pegged to the euro. This was in response to businesses and manufacturers warning that the strength of the franc was making Swiss exports uncompetitive in the European market. Pegging the Swiss franc to the euro would keep the country from falling into a second recession in only a few years. In October 2011, the Swiss People's Party started losing support and seats in the parliamentary elections. It still remained the largest party, but its numbers were dwindling. Switzerland reimposed strict immigration quotas on workers from Central and Eastern Europe. The EU criticized this move but Switzerland carried on anyway. It became more and more clear that even though some hoped the Swiss would join the EU around this time, that dream was far from becoming a reality. When the euro began to depreciate in 2014, the Swiss National Bank unpegged the franc, causing its currency to rise drastically. Then came the pandemic and the war in Ukraine. During COVID, the world remained isolated. Being neutral was easy, However, as Sweden and Finland found out, neutrality was much harder to maintain when Russia invaded Ukraine. There are two views on Swiss neutrality by its citizens in the current climate. The first is more conservative and supported by the Swiss People's Party. This side wants to maintain a strict interpretation of neutrality by not sending aid to Ukraine or engaging with Russia. The idea is Switzerland will remain neutral no matter what happens in the rest of Europe to keep the country out of any conflicts. The Swiss People's Party is even trying to launch an initiative to embed a comprehensive neutrality clause within the Swiss constitution. The more liberal side of the neutrality argument, which is supported by the majority of the government, is considered active neutrality. This would allow Switzerland to work with other organizations and nations such as the UN to play an active role in maintaining peace and aiding in humanitarian efforts. Switzerland already abides by UN sanctions, which shows that it has taken a more actively neutral stance than a conservative one. However, even many liberal Swiss are still not willing to join the European Union, as it would cause Switzerland to definitely give up its neutrality while simultaneously bringing Swiss sovereignty into question. To ensure that active neutrality is not confused with Switzerland taking a strong stance against Russia, it's banned NATO members from flying over its airspace while bringing supplies and weapons to Ukraine. Bern has also refused to grant Germany and Denmark permission to give Ukraine any tanks, ammunition, or weapons bought from Switzerland. This has caused much of Europe and NATO to condemn Switzerland's neutral stance as Russia continues to wage a war against Ukraine and its people. Bern can remain neutral since Switzerland is protected by its geographic location and the nations surrounding it. Even as other countries scramble to join organizations like NATO, Switzerland has the luxury of holding on to its neutrality. The concept is deeply ingrained in Switzerland's culture and will not be given up easily, which is why the Swiss have continually refused to join the European Union. Until there's a clear economic or political incentive for Switzerland to give up its neutrality and form closer ties with other European nations, it's very unlikely the government or the Swiss people will vote to become a part of the EU anytime soon. Now watch What Countries Would Look Like After World War III, or check out Why the UK Is Doomed After Brexit.